If these ladies didn't enjoy that song, I am going home. <laughs> if you ladies didn't enjoy that song by Kajanin, I am going home now with immediate effect. Ask the president. Good morning this morning, ladies. How are you? Kavita Prague, as well as Kanina Mapena. Pleasure to have you on the Women's Day, on Women's Month. We are celebrating 84 years of serious broadcasting, and the focus is you ladies because you are power. Welcome to the show. Happy Women's Month. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, Mondo. Uh, how is Women's Day going for you, Kavita? Well, I haven't had time to reflect. It's been a bit crazy, I must admit. Um, the, this new normal that we're working in at the moment it has, has just taken over our lives. Uh, so I think it's just forcing to stand still, this, this particular conversation with you uh, just forced us to take a little bit of time and realize the impact of, of this month. But um, it's been a good month. Kanina, for you? For me, it, it has been great. Um, but... I have not had time to celebrate the Women's Month, but I've been enjoying because every day it comes with different challenges. Um, we're still working from home, and you know, working from home is totally different. So we moved from enjoying and being motherhood, doing motherhood during the time of COVID and also being in business and realizing that this is the way to go. Let's make the best of it. Hey, the, the new normal, I'm not getting it. To, I'm not getting used to it. It's never going to be normal for me. It's strangely <laughs> abnormal. It is a new normal. Um, there's no getting away from it. I promise you. Kavita, in the supply chain network operating, that, that, that's a long title in an industry that I think many of us are still grappling with. What, what do you do? I mean, you know, apart from the skills that you have, I mean, currently, what do you do? Uh, Martha, so um, it's, it is a quite a mouthful, and um, but what it is is actually intended to simplify lives. So we uh, we run a practice called Digital Supply Networks for uh, Deloitte, and uh, it's really about taking new technologies like IoT, analytics, AI, and um, bringing efficiencies to supply chains. So whether it's in the logistics space, in the production facility itself giving visibility, and you'd be surprised at how much is so manual in these environments, um, and, and producing uh, not just um, efficiencies in these systems, but new revenue areas, allowing people to contact customers a lot quicker, heightened service delivery, and you've seen now, as time has moved on, there are heightened expectations from clients in terms of same-day delivery, the type of service uh, levels that uh, they, they've become used to has exponentially increased. So we're busy helping clients with that journey uh, all the way from their manual systems, back-end core systems, to edge devices and IoT um, to just basically improve and digitize their their operations. Procurement also part of what you do? Yes, absolutely. And and, and that topic has really become uh, come to the fore in South Africa, uh, just in terms of some of the corruption that you see going on. And uh, and we're seeing definitely a resurgence in terms of um, independent oversight over procurement processes. Uh, there's also, uh, to a large part, a, a huge focus on enterprise development, uh, not just at an individual company level, but we're seeing industries like mining aggregate that just because they, they, they by themselves, it's, it's too much of a task to take on. And when they pull those efforts, uh, 
really starting to see small businesses not only get work from individual companies, but thrive because they're able to be guaranteed a book of work across multiple companies. Hey, that word uh, procurement sounds a bit scary for me. Every time I hear it, <laughs> you, I get hiccups. <laughs> Kanina, I mean, you, you roll with the big boys, eh? In mining, hey, that, that's a tough environment to be in. It's not only in mining. Yes, we are mostly in mining, but we also do water with water. We are working with um, the automotive, automotive industries. So we we in most industries, except for the power industry, for now. Wow, I mean, water. They say that the future wars are going to be over water. You share yes, that sentiment? I, I, I do, but I think it's all about how do we make sure that we prepare our um, our, our water segment, so our end customers, and also the people that are working in water, so that we are smarter. So we talk about also smart cities. Also, we talk about smart connected water to make sure that the war doesn't happen. Ish, it, it shouldn't. And procurement must be so nice to talk about, uh, among others as well. Now, yes. Kavita, I mean, with a, a background in engineering, now you're coming across as a businesswoman of, of serious note. Yes, absolutely. Look, uh, I think uh, I, I went into engineering simply because I wanted to buck the trend. And, um, you know, 20 odd years ago, it was not topical for or very, I mean, I, I had, I think, one one other female in my class that year. And uh, it, it really male-dominated. And um, it, even when you went into the workforce, you couldn't see uh, too much of that uh, female presence there. So when I did go in, um, and electrical just gave me such a great foundation for problem-solving in business. Uh, you know, subsequently, it was uh, for that with an MBA qualification. But... Um, I think what it teaches you in how you approach problems is a, is a fundamental skill that you take with you irrespective of whether you're dealing with a core engineering design problem or you're dealing with a business problem. And I must tell you that just the ability to be able to see that, not just in the context of how technical operations can change, but how that impacts the bottom line of the company makes a huge difference. It was a natural evolution. I've worked you know, across multiple sectors, not just in hard engineering, but in banking. So you see uh, that your skill set is so flexible that it allows you to actually really take on any role altogether. Wow. Now, ladies, the future of work, as matters stand, COVID-19 and so forth, uh, is uncertain. And you ladies are part of uh, that virtual conference today. Kanina? Yes. Manja, please repeat your question. You were breaking on my side. Hey, this is a technology. It's misbehaving. You see, this is where you come in, ladies. Um, <laughs> the, the, the future of work, as, as matters stand, with COVID-19 and the pre-existing um, conditions uh, work-wise, uh, the future is uncertain. Would you agree? I fully agree with you, but I think what this is saying is we need to change, right? Um, with what COVID has brought forward is we're living in a digital world. Um, we, we, we have a lot of um, environment, environment which is coming up with, with uncertain issues, right? But it doesn't mean that we have to die. We have to adjust to the new world and adapt. By doing that, we have to make sure that we, 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 we upskill our employees, we upskill our people, but we also look at how can we do with connected enterprise. At Rockwell, we speak a lot about connected enterprise. We speak a lot about the visual conferences to say, 
you know what? Um, the world of, of conferences and the world of working, it has changed. People can travel. People um, are worried about costs. But it does not mean that you cannot actually work. You can, literally. Because every part of product that you have is smart, right? You can connect to it. And if you can connect to it and you upskill your people, definitely we can work the, walk the journey of digital transformation. So for us, it's exciting times. You can say that again. Um, uh, Kavita, you, you once said, uh, you know, artisanship and the like should be made sexy again. Do, do, do you want to share that story? Making apprentice, apprenticeship sexy again. Sexy. Yeah, yes. please talk to us about that. So, Marla, you, you're hearkening me back to, you know, a very early stage in my life where um, we had... Um, um, when, when I started my apprenticeship, uh, you know, as a young engineer, uh, uh, having to don overalls and learn how to weld, uh, you know, from first principles, and the, it, it, it really made you feel um, very closed off from the world, and you almost like were going underground into uh, into work. And if I look at young ladies that are looking to go into the profession, and, and not just young ladies, I think, you know, young people, the, the way in which the, the, the whole millennial shift has happened and what they're looking for from, from a work gratification perspective, it makes apprenticeships and specifically um, uh, in, the, in the hard, uh, hard uh, worker uh, sciences uh, really unattractive. And we need to understand that these core skills are not only critical but essential for the progress of this country. And until we make this attractive and give people the right path, create an environment where these, these particular careers are actually uh, aspirational, we're going to suffer as a nation because we're going to either export um, our work to, uh, to our, our, our core workers to other countries or we're going to have a complete move into more white-collar work where we actually need to have apprentices that actually start to build this nation because that's actually the course of the physical world that we're going to live in. Yeah, I mean, if you talk about uh, making certain careers sexy, I'm hoping that will also translate to uh, fields like uh, agriculture and farming, particularly for young people, uh, to, to make it sexy again as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, um, if, if I'm looking at, and you know, you've, you've talked about how so many things have changed, and with not just the COVID crisis, but we have, you know, it's really masking what has been underlying crises from an environmental perspective, uh, the scarcity of food, the future of food is going to become critical conversations that we, we need to have. And, uh, you know, back to your words, that we do need to make these careers and these industries a lot more attractive. They are facing, uh, in terms of uh, attracting young people into the, into the job market, they are really starting to decrease. And we sit, we sit with a lot of knowledge in all the more experienced heads that are going to start to get lost over time. We're chatting to industry leaders, uh, leaders uh, in their own rights with a lot of power and influence. I tell you, Kavita Prague, uh, in the supply chain and network operating space, as well as uh, uh, Kanina Mapena in the engineering, um, drilling, mining space. We're talking about the future of work. We'll talk about uh, the uh, virtual conference that is happening today to find out from them what we can look forward to and what they want us to learn as well. Stay with us. SAFM is turning 84 this year. SAFM leading the conversation.
with Tabi Somosia. You also say, Ambassador, that the system is playing us and using words like black Africans to cause divisions amongst people of color. What's happening is that colored and Africans are having a standoff about who should be in the team and should we prefer a black African over a colored African. And then we miss completely who is getting the long-term contract, who is the player that is selected every time, and who are the rotational players in, in our team. And we are fighting out for subquotas when, for example, we are losing the overall battle for the bigger quota because they have thrown a little distraction at us. Ambassador Ibrahim Rasul. Sport on on SFM Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. and Fridays, 6 to 7 p.m. SFM. Current restrictions on international travel will remain in place. No gatherings of more than 50 people will be permitted. Among others, this includes funerals and religious events. Spectators will not be permitted at sporting events. The curfew will remain in place between the hours of 10 p.m. and 4 a.m. We continue to encourage people to stay at home if they can and if possible to continue to work from home especially if they are over the age of 60 or have underlying conditions. In order to keep the remaining restrictions in place and to maintain some of the essential elements of our health response, it is necessary that we extend the national state of disaster once again until the 15th of September 2020. SFM, your COVID-19 lockdown talk radio station. It's a quarter to five and us have five. It's a Thursday. Good to have with us uh, talking to leaders in the industry as well as to you every Wednesday. Ladies, now please, uh, Kanina, please talk to us about uh, the conference, the virtual conference today. What's on the menu? What, what, what does it seek to address? I think even before we go there, I, I would like to address your previous question where you were talking about um, the industry becoming sexy. Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I think on top of of, of what you discussed earlier on, it has to be sexy and smart, right? And you can only achieve that by making sure that it's diverse and inclusive. Because by doing that, you've got everybody else that you need to work together, coming with innovative ideas and being very creative. That's the only way that you'll make it sexy. True that, true that. Yeah. Um, Talking about the conference, it's exciting for us. It's officially the first one that we're doing with CNBC Africa. Um, but we want to talk more about what we call the connected enterprise. We want to share with the African leaders and African people to say, um, whatever we are facing today, we can still do business and we can still do well. We're looking at what else can we help um, the businesses in terms of achieving their profit? Um, what else can we do in terms of helping the business in terms of upskilling um, their workforce of today and their workforce of tomorrow. But we're bringing that in, in terms of digital transformation because everybody else talks about information technology. But information technology, you've got data, you've got information technology. Of course, that makes it easy for you to make sure that you can go into the world of um, digital transformation and making sure that you're running a smart manufacturing. So for us, that's, that's what it's about, and it's, it's quite impressive um, because we've done a few um, research where it was showing that 
we're still very much lacking in Africa when we're talking about um, the digital world, digital, transform- digital transformation and your, your smart manufacturing. So we are saying it's not doom and gloom. We can still do it if we start today. Uh, Kavita, uh, well, uh, at least both of you ladies, obviously we know that uh, things such as uh, artificial intelligence, uh, digitization, automation, mobility and all of that, these are, you know, buzzwords of late. Um, How do you balance that with uh, creating on the one hand and on the other hand decreasing opportunities in terms of employment and growth and, and skills building? So, Mala, we often get asked that question um, because at, at the face value of it, you look at it, uh, automation intended to take out a lot of human factor and uh, it, it scares uh, people into thinking that that means a decrease uh, in, in job creation. And it's actually the reverse is true. So, uh, where, uh, where uh, environments like Rwanda, and I'll give you a specific African example so that we can relate, um, we've seen not a decrease in uh, in employment, but an increase. But what it has done is it's shifted where the employment comes from. So it's not only created on employment, but it has also spurned the uh, creation of uh, small businesses that can support that. And I think for me, that's the most exciting part about it, because not only do you get to create take entrepreneurs out of this, but you also get to have them create additional employment. That does still keep us with the problem of what do you do with a, a, sale, a, a skills force that cannot be retrained uh, immediately, whose skill set does not, because of whatever the legacy issues are from an education perspective, may not be able to really embrace this. Now, many uh, of the organizations and companies that we deal with recognize this fact. And when we embark on these automation initiatives, there is a very concerted effort to understand the impact on the work profile and the skills profile that for the way going forward in the new processes. And there's a deliberate effort to not only upskill, retrain, and reposition uh, individuals in the company. But I see that as a short-term uh, issue that we will have to deal with in the long term, educating uh, from from basic education levels for a digital future is critical to ensure that they can actually benefit from the surge in job creation that's going to come from digitization. So this is going to be part of the discussions today? Absolutely. Um, so uh, one of the things, and apart from just a general education as to that this is not just buzzwords, it is actual real-life applications. And Kenina will tell you that specifically around automation and IoT, it's been a core part of heavy industrial engineering, sorry, heavy engineering for a while now, and it's really just starting to become mainstream. But the focus is less on the technology. For me, uh, it really is about what does this mean in the context of skills, new, the new way of work, the new skill sets that you have for work, but also how are we ensuring that not only do smaller businesses have access to this new technology, but also can benefit from it by creating local production, local service institutions. Sure. There's a heck of a lot to, to talk about here. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm just wondering as well if, if industry really understands this, because as a country, in as far as artisanship is concerned, We've dropped the ball a long time ago, and we are yet to roll it before we pick it up. 
it, it is true because I mean, if I look 24 years ago, um, when some of us started, and I listened to my my colleague talking about um, apprenticeship and wearing the shoes then, and, and also being the only few women engineers, and that's true, that was the case. And most of the people that are leaders today, most of the industries that are still surviving, is because they never dropped the ball when it came to that. So we, we need to sit back and say, how do we make sure that we improve? our environment, how do we make sure that we improve the production and also skilling our, 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 our teams, our employees, because you can't just skill people now. It starts from the first day when they actually go to school and all the way to entering the job market. So what do we do to make sure that we go back to where we were 24 years ago, where people had uh, programs, um, artisan programs? Um, yes, it took you three years for you to complete that, but at the, at the end of the day, you were ready to face whatever environment you will put in in terms of your workforce. Chatting to leaders in industry, uh, Kavita Prague and Kanina Mapena, these are ladies who are part of a virtual uh, a conference that seeks to address the future of work because, uh, believe it or not, whether you're educated or not, this is one thing that keeps us awake at night. we we'll talk more in a moment. The Update at Noon with Sakina Kamwendo. Emotional and uh, psychological abuse as well as sexual and financial exploitation are the hallmarks of cult churches. There are women's sacrifices that are done. If you're part of the cult and you're a pastor or a prophet, you have to sleep with virgin girls to enhance your power, power of growing the church or power to perform signs and wonders, power to perform miracles, two or three virgin girls every week. And uh, at times you have to sleep with at least one or two women or three women before you go and you stand on the altar to preach. And then when you're done, there's a ritual that is done. The update at noon with Sakina Kamwendo. Weekdays, midday to 1 p.m. 3 to 5. Sound awake on SAFM. Eight minutes to the hour. Ladies, how do we register for the conference? Can we still register and how do we register? Manta, uh, it's, I think the easiest is uh, to just go on to cnbcafrica.com. Uh, there's a banner right up at the top and you follow the links and register. It's a free conference and I think that's really something to note uh, to be able to access this kind of mind power uh, at no cost is, is a, a phenomenal benefit. Uh, so uh, really encourage all the listeners to just go through, register, and, and hear the latest thinking on, on modern technology and the future of work. Uh, Kavina, do you feel that uh, you as ladies in the engineering, digital information space, um, you ladies um, are getting a fair chance? <laughs> of course we are getting a fair chance. Um, I think we, we are lucky enough that we've been um, in the industry for quite some time. But where I see the gap is with the young ladies coming up um, because we, we also need to be there to make sure that we coach them, we mentor them. We also help them so that they don't go through um, the glitches that we had to go through when we were still um, coming up the ladder. So we need to be able to open the doors and also share our experiences with them. That will help a lot. What time is the conference? We register now, and uh, what time should we clear our diaries so we can sit and listen and participate? Nine o'clock. That's not far off. It's just uh, just after breakfast time. That's the best yeah. time when the brain is ready to um, uh, receive as much as possible.